Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 122 of this year. Today we are continuing our study of the Come Follow Me materials from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, covering April the 27th to May the 3rd, Mosiah chapters 7 to 10, found in the Book of Mormon, In the Strength of the Lord. Uh, and this week, or today, in this episode, we're looking in the... Um, section that's titled, I Can Face My Challenges in the Strength of the Lord, covered in Mosiah chapter 9 and chapter 10. So we're going to focus on chapter 9 today, quite a lot uh, of content in here, uh, but we are basically diving into this record of Zenith now, and we are going to the first person to begin with, uh, with Zenith, um, and what he um, talks about in these two chapters, about he was desired, desirous that uh, they should uh, well, first of all, uh, as they went uh, to the land of the Lamanites uh, to destroy them, but then he saw there was good among them, and so he was desirous that they should not be destroyed. So then they had this; he had this fight with his brethren, um, and basically stopped them from from attacking the Lamanites. But then in verse three, it says, "And yet I, being overzealous to inherit the land of my fa of our fathers, collected as many as were desirous to go up to possess the land." and started again on our journey into the wilderness to go up to the land. But we were smitten with famine and sore afflictions, for we were slow to remember our God. What's interesting is that Zenith here is quite open uh, about his fight, his failings and his faults. Um, he states that he's overzealous, and the fact that he has to say that he is overzealous seems to indicate he recognises, um, you know, the the way in which he's going about things and that they may not be the way that the Lord wanted him to go about them. And therefore, that's why they were smitten with famine and sore afflictions, because they were slow to remember their God. It brings into thought, really, the uh, the idea that not any of us are all good or all bad, but we all are striving to, to do our best. But we all have our own faults, which we have to work with as well, which which obviously with the um, the story of Nephi and Laman and Lemuel, we were kind of given this binary view of Nephi and his brothers, um, Laman and Lemuel, and kind of, you know, his righteousness and their unrighteousness. But actually, it's quite refreshing to have this, this narrative from Zenith, who's saying that, you know, we wanted to do this good thing. I, however, was probably not going about it the right way. Because of that, we had some problems with it. Um, and I think that's pretty much, you know, what reflects our lives a lot of the times. D. Kelly Ogden and Andrew C. Skinner said this, quote, A subtle warning is presented in this verse. There is nothing wrong with being zealous, which means energetic, dynamic, dedicated, in a cause. But overzealousness can be dangerous and an example of strength becoming a weakness. Apparently, Zenith was obsessed with the idea of resettling the, ho the old homeland, and he was blinded by the motives of the Lamanite king who took advantage of him. Wisdom suggests that we avoid become becoming overzealous and instead keep things in balance, close quote. I wonder how many of us uh, this um, me this message can apply to. Uh, in, in many aspects, it could be in being overzealous in providing financially for our family. Obviously, that is a righteous and, you know, a worthwhile thing that we should be doing. But can we become overzealous in that? Can we become too focused on um, attaining that wealth for our family? Well, actually, we lose track of why we're attaining that wealth uh, or seeking to obtain that wealth. Um, so that we can actually be more comfortable and spend more time with our family and be have our families secure. And even in uh, aspects of the gospel, can we can we become overzealous in certain aspects? Uh, can we become overzealous in doing, uh, well, 
I'm, tr I'm trying to think of an example now, but, you know, th there's many things that we are invited to do, such as, you know, providing activities or um, seeking to do f uh, family history work or, um, you know, it, it is very easy to become overzealous in one aspect of gospel living when actually we should have a balance in our lives. Um, overzealous in even fulfilling our callings. Do we sometimes uh, put too much, say too much, like more than effort than we have available when we should be putting some of our effort into our families, into our um, careers, but again, not being overzealous in our careers either. Having that balance in life where we are providing on all fronts where possible uh, for those things, but not being overzealous in one particular area. Um, it continues on and um, he makes a covenant with the king uh, that they would be able to have the land Lehi Nephi and that even the king would commanded his own people to, to depart out of that land. Now, obviously, that is quite uh, that should have brought up some uh, warning that sounds of red flags to Zenith that, you know, he's so willing to let them come. He's actually telling his own people to get out of that land, which uh, suggests, you know, there may be more motives there. And as we know, um, they begin to uh, prosper in this land. It says in verse nine, and we began to till the ground, yea, even with all manner of seeds, with seeds of corn and of wheat and of barley and with knees and with shayum and with seeds of all manner of fruits. And we did begin to multiply and prosper in the land. Uh, John L. Sorensen picks up an interesting point about um, one of the um, seeds that which they mentioned, in the, which is mentioned in this verse. He says, um, quote, Zenith reported that among the crops they cultivated, which included corn, wheat and barley, was one called Shayam, a term for which Joseph Smith provided no translation. Just in the last 40 years, we have learned that the most important cereal grain among the Akkadians or Babylonians of Mesopotamia was called Shayam. Since both wheat and barley are separately listed in Mosiah 9 verse 9, Shayam did not mean either of those two grains, but it could have been transferred to another seed. The, the Jaredites of the Book of Mormon, who had originally lived in Mesopotamia, could have could have put the name of some cultiv cultivatable, sorry, cultivable plants they accounted in their new land. Some of their undocumented descendants may well have passed the name of what and whatever grain it labelled down to the Zenithites. Close quote. A lot of a uh, you know complicated language there. I just realised as I was reading that. But basically, what he's saying is that Shayam is was a term given to a grain that was found in Babylon, um, and so clearly it was a phrase that was used amongst those people, and perhaps was taken when. Um, Lehi's family or when the people of um, Zarahemla traveled over uh, to the new world they may have attributed this name to this plant which we're not fully aware of yet either as well um, but it shows that um, you know this translation process uh, gave uh, Joseph Smith those words and he wrote them down as he was told to of course he wouldn't have been aware of that name Shayam, but we now know what that it does relate to some sort of grain or crop um, again interesting stuff uh, in verse 10, though, we um, I found an interesting lesson from this. Um, King Laman basically um, is reported to have been cunning and have and had craftiness to bring his people um, to into the land. In verse 11, it says, Therefore, it came to pass that after we dwelt in the land for the space of 12 years, the King Laman began to grow uneasy, lest by any means my people should wax strong in the land, and that they could not overpower them and bring them into bondage. So it turns out that his plan all along was to bond to kind of capture these nevites put them in bondage and basically gain get gain from their wealth and prosperity it's fascinating that he waited 12 years to to put this plan into action 
And it just um, highlights to me, you know, just how willing um, the adversary in our lives, Satan, is to um, put plans into action to bring about our downfall, even if that plan is, you know, a long term plan that, you know, he may invest, you know, over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years into our lives, put something in place many, many, many years previously so that eventually we are, you know, we fall because of that. And so we need to be careful of that and be aware of his tactics, including this long term view that he has um, in Mosiah uh, chapter nine, toward the end of the chapter. We find that the Lamanites come and they they rec- the Zenithites notice this. And so they prepare for battle. And in verse 17, it says, Yea, in the strength of the Lord, we did we go forth to battle against the Lamanites. For I and my people did cry mightily to the Lord that he would deliver us out of the hands of our enemies. For we were awakened to a remembrance of the deliverance of our fathers. Um, Elder David A. Bednar said about this, These good people were empowered through the atonement to act as agents and impact their circumstances. Close quote. And that is the way that we can, you know, ask for the Lord's guidance and help in our lives. We need to recognize that we are agents to act for ourselves. It would have been very easy for those people to call upon the Lord and hope he would deliver them. But they did all that they could to prepare to gather their strength and then call upon the Lord to ask for their, to, for his support, which he then gave them in as they went forward to solve their own challenges and problems. And that is a very big lesson that we can learn in our lives and that we will see as we begin to see some of these conflicts between the Lamanites and the Nephites. Um, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've, le- you've learned something from it. Uh, you can share the podcast. I'd love you to share it. Uh, you can email any feedback or any thoughts of your, your own studies to session at gmail.com. And of course, please join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. There'll be lots to discuss on there and, you know, wonderful thoughts being shared by others on that group. Thanks for your time. And until we meet again.